What does rest look like? And actually, you can put the title page up, please. Thank you. And actually, this is going to be the series for the next two or three weeks. So I'm actually just introducing it today, and we're going to get a little bit deeper into the nuts and bolts of what it looks like in a practical sense. But today I want to take Matthew chapter 11, and I want to read a statement that Jesus made that is uh, so popular um, with many of us. And I want you to see what he had to say, say here in Matthew chapter 11. Would you stand with me and honor the reading of God's Word? I promise it's the last time I'm going to ask you to stand until the very end. <laughs> Matthew 11. And of course, I don't have it marked in my Bible, but here we go. I'm still stuck in Sunday school here. All right, Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 28. And Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Let me ask you a question. Is he talking to you right now? <laughs> Is he? I don't believe there's ever been a time in my life that I see more tired people, including myself. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And thank you for the rest that we have at our disposal in Jesus Christ. And help us to grow. Help me to learn and help me to grow in learning what it means to rest. To rest my mind, my soul, my spirit, my body in a God-honoring way so that I could be a proper servant for you and we thank you for your word today speak to us and change us and i prayed in jesus name amen and you may be seated one of the things that i typically do when i do sermon prep is i do word studies and some messages you know it, it doesn't really come into play much and some messages it, there's a lot of it. And so there, there are a lot of key words here in this passage that uh, I want to break down for you and show you here in just a moment. The first thing is, let's define what rest is here in the Scripture. Rest literally means freedom from work. Some of you are like, yes, that's what I want. Freedom from work. How many of you like it when you get vacation days at work? Pajana, how many of you love it when you get vacation days at work? Woo! There we go. Yeah, we like it. Freedom from work. Rest means to cease, to quiet. Listen to this. To recreate. Isn't that something? Who would have ever thought, right? I think in the society we live in sometimes, particularly in the church, we think it's almost sinful to go and have a good time doing something. It means to refresh. Soul rest clears your mind and spirit of worry, burdens, and heaviness. So rest means freedom from work, 
to cease, to quiet, to recreate, to refresh. It means to allow your soul to rest, that your mind is clear, your spirit is free from worry, burdens, and heaviness. Now, I will admit, that is a high bar to try to achieve in the world that we live in today. I mean, just think about that. Think about it. The information that's out there for all of us, there's always something to be worried about, right? There's always something to be nervous about. There's always something perhaps to create fear in our lives. There's always something. There's always a burden to carry. There's always worrisome um, things to be concerned about. And many times there's a heaviness upon us. I'm just being honest. Look, how many of you uh, have, let me say it like this. How many of you right now have teenagers? Raise your hand. Bless you. Let me ask you this. Be honest. Do you ever worry about them? I thought so. And we know worry is a sin, right? Do you worry about them? Yes, absolutely. How many of you have raised teenagers at one point or another? Yeah. Let me ask you this. How many of you have adult children and they still make you worry? I've never understood the child tax credit thing and the child tax break. I get it that when they're little you need, you need tax breaks and all that. But they cost more when they get older. Have you noticed that? There's a lot to worry about. <laughs> I remember when we had taken a young man in, young, um, you know, he was 11th grade, 12th grader, and um, <clears throat> he didn't have a driver's license, and we took him in. And I was looking into possibly getting him a driver's license, and I realized that in order to get him a driver's license, we would have to add him to our insurance. And he said, well, Pastor Corey, can I get a license? And I said, oh, uh, no. <laughs> Not ever. We can't afford it. <clears throat> so there's a lot to be concerned about in this world and a lot to worry about. I want to give you four things here. Number one, here's what rest is. Rest begins with Jesus. It begins and it ends with Jesus, but it all begins with Jesus. If you and I are going to have that burden unpacked from us. And we're going to have that refreshing to come into our lives. We're going to be able to clear our minds. The first thing we have to make sure we have right is Jesus. We have to have the issue of Christ right. First of all, you need to know Him as your personal Lord and Savior. And if you don't, and if He's never come into your life and become your Savior and your Lord, there's no way you can ever have true rest. You'll never have it. So the first thing is to give your heart to Christ. With that being said, most of us in this building, we know, are Christians, and we belong to Christ. So what does that mean, it all begins with Jesus? Well, look at what the very first word says, or the very first phrase, come to me. There are some things that God does for us, and there are other things that we have to do ourselves. 
You know, we were talking about this in Sunday school today in 2 Peter. It really talks about two types of Christians. It talks about the overcoming Christian who is growing in his or her faith, adding to his or her faith daily, adding knowledge and to knowledge, perseverance and, and love and all of these things. And the Bible says that basically if you don't have these things, your faith is fruitless and barren and you're ineffective, it says. But it says those who have those things can be effective for the cause of Christ and for the work. And then the, the point is that there are some things we have to do. And one of the things we need to do is come to Jesus. Here's the point that I'm making. You say, what does that mean to come to Jesus? Let me ask you this. What do you start your day off with every day? I know it's basic Christianity and Christian growth 101. But man, we've got to have quiet times. We need that moment every day, however long it might be for you. And I'm telling you, the more you, we live in this world, the more we need to be alone with Jesus. Look, I'm no longer on most social media anymore, and I'm getting rid of Instagram today. I've had enough of it. Because I get sucked into watching a couple of these reels, and they might be funny and nice, and then the next one, somebody's using profanity. And I'm like, I wasn't just walking down a road and I heard somebody use a profane word. I'm actually asking for it. And so I've learned over the years, for me, that I have to, in order to have a quiet mind, the first place I've got to start is I've got to start spending time with Jesus. Come to me, he says. Literally, it means come be with me. Spend time with me. You know, it's well been documented. I've said it many times. You know, in the fall, I love to deer hunt. And y'all, I'm telling you, 99% of what happens in the deer woods is nothing. You sit there and you see nothing. So you know what I do with that 99% of nothingness? I spend time with God. It's changed my life. So it all begins with Jesus. I heard an old saying years ago that uh, I've got so much to do and I'm so busy that I don't have time to pray. But the other way of saying it is because I have so much to do and I'm so busy, I must take time to pray. The second thing is this. Rest is needed because of the wearisome and burdened journey called life. Rest is needed because of the wearisome and burdened journey called life. He says, come to me all you, all you, everybody. It's not just a select few that can come to Jesus and Jesus will, will meet their need for rest. But all of us have the same opportunity. It's needed because of the wearisome and burdened journey. Weary. What does that mean? Tired. It means labor. Fatigue. Listen to this. Worn out. It's one thing to say to your spouse, Whew, man, I don't want to do anything today. I'm tired. But it's another thing. I don't want to do anything this weekend because I'm worn out. 
To be weary means to be worn out, to be faint. To be burdened means to carry. It literally means the freight of a ship. Think about that for a moment. Sometimes we're carrying in our lives the freight of a ship on our back. It's a burden. It literally means to overload or to carry a heavy load, to be burdened. So rest is needed because we get tired because we're carrying such a heavy load. And Jesus reminds us and He says, there are times that you got to unpack that load. You get wore out. You get tired. You get... Let me ask you this. Let me just stop. Is this resonating with you? Be honest with me today. How many of you are tired right now? Well, I'll be. Look at that. How many of you are worn out? I raise my hand on the tired part. I'm not worn out, but I've been there. Let me ask you. How many of you are carrying a burden that very few people know about and it's heavy on your life? Raise your hand. heavy it's real and jesus is the antidote jesus gives us the answer and he said it is needed rest is needed because of the wearisome and burdened journey so i think we're all in agreement here this morning that life is difficult it's wearisome i mean we've got some parents right now who are brokenhearted because their kids have abandoned the faith that they have poured into them. We have some spouses right now who are in a difficult situation because maybe their spouse has committed adultery against them. We have some of you who are working in situations where it's very difficult and you know, you're at a point where you may have to just draw a line and say, you know, it's going to cross my Christian faith to do this, and, I, and no, no amount of money is worth it to me. You're carrying a burden. Let me give you the third thing. Why is rest needed? It is there for the taken, the Bible says, when we learn from Him. Notice that. It is there for the taking. Verse 29 says... Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Notice, verse 28, you need to come to him. And then you need to grab hold of. You need to take it. It's sort of like the illustration I've used over the years, you know, where let's say uh, I bought Coach a Bible and I wrote his, you know, got his name engraved on the Bible. So it's got his name on it. It's purchased for him. It's a gift. And I say, Coach, listen, I want you to come to my house Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. You don't need to stay long. I have something for you. So coach has to come, right? Then I open the box. I get it out of the box, and I say, here's yours, coach. But what does he have to do in order to accept it? He has to reach out and receive it. Correct? So I know this is simple stuff, but it's there for the taking. Here's the problem. 
As a pastor, I see this. I'm sure Brother Gary could tell you that over all the years that he's been pastoring, that people don't have spiritually what they need because, first of all, they don't come to Jesus like they ought to, and secondly, they don't take what's offered. And it's there for the taking. The word taking right there literally means to take. It means to raise up, to lift up, to carry off. It's sort of like when you plan for a national championship. And it's right there. It's right there. How many of you remember this? I know you want to think of all the good times in, in Gator history, but think about some of the, some of the rough times because that's what makes you strong. You remember when Tebow's last year, they lost in the national, not the national championship, in the uh, SEC championship, they lost to Alabama. Remember that? And remember Tebow's there holding his helmet. He's on a knee and he's weeping and people have made fun of him. You know why he was weeping? Because he cared and he was so close to doing it again. And it was his last opportunity. It meant something to him. And see, here's the point I'm making. It's sort of like a champion. When they get close, and they know they got to close the deal with making a good play or doing this or doing that, and they make the play, and then they get to hoist the trophy at the end. And they get to take it with them. How many scenes have you seen in sports over the years of teams together hoisting trophies? I mean, even in the COVID area, they're all kissing the trophy. <laughs> and so the idea of taking means to raise up, to lift up, to carry off. It's like, it's like getting a trophy. And so it's, it's like winning a championship. It's there for the taking. Jesus says, here it is. The gift of rest is yours. But you got to learn from me. What do we need to learn from Jesus? Very early in the morning, Jesus rose and He went to a solitary place. We need to learn from Him. Here's the final thing I want you to see about rest today. And it's this. Resting in Jesus and His way. I don't know if this is a word. Burdenless. If not, it is now. I just made it up. Resting in Jesus and His way is burdenless. Look at what it says in verse 30. Well, actually, it says, verse 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What is he talking about, a yoke? What is a yoke? A yoke was a wooden bar used to join two or more animals together so they could work in unison together. It was to bind them together. It means to join together. It's a yoke. So Jesus is saying, hey, my yoke, take my yoke upon you, join with me. Do it my way. Join yourself to me and learn from me. And you'll find that this yoke is easy. It's, it's light. It's it's humble. And then he says here about 
the burden. He says, this thing is easy. It means to furnish what is needed, a good fit. It's pleasant. So here's the picture. My yoke is easy. You're tied to me. I'm not dragging you around against your will like and, and hurting your neck. It's not what Jesus does at all. Basically, he's saying that when you join yourself to me, you don't even realize, you don't even feel the yoke. It's something you want to do. I'm in you, and you're in me. And it's not a burden. Look at what 1 John 5.3 says. 1 John 5.3 In fact, this is love for God to keep His commands. Look. And His commands are not burdensome. You know, I hear people say this. Well, if I become a Christian, that means i got to quit doing this and i got to quit doing that and i got to quit doing all that stuff that I like to do that's fun. In other words, what they're saying is it's going to become a burden because I won't be able to enjoy my life. And that's not at all what the Scripture's saying. As a matter of fact, when you become a Christian, you want to follow Jesus. You want to follow His commands. His commandments are not burdensome to a believer. They're life-giving. And so resting in Him is a beautiful thing. So you say, okay, fine, preacher. You said all that. We get it. We know we need to rest. How do we do it? Well, that's why you've got to come back next week. But I'll, I'll, I'll end with this and say this. <clears throat> that the Bible speaks of rest. And we know that this is spiritual rest. But as long as we're in this body... Physical rest and spiritual rest go together oftentimes. When's the last time you sat on a rocker on a porch watching the rain without your phone doing nothing? Or maybe with your phone watching the progression of the storm, knowing how long it's going to last and whether or not it's going to get bad. Then you put your phone down and you just watch the rain. Huh? When's the last time you went outside around your house and talked to an animal? You say, you're nuts. I got a rabbit around here. I've had him for two years now. And I, I can get real close to him. About from here, about two steps away, I can get to him. And then he starts getting nervous. Because he's thinking that's a cage and he's eaten lots of rabbits in his life. He knows that. But I talk to him. I go in my cup of coffee and say, hey, little buddy. What you doing? I'm not going to hurt you. Now, if things go bad in the United States, I'm going to eat you. But otherwise, it's just you and me. When's the last time you sat next to a window that had a bird feeder next to it and just for 30 minutes or so watch the hummingbirds come in and watch the cardinals, and all the other birds that I can't even describe. I think I saw a yellow belly sapsucker the other day. I thought of Tommy Hines. That's an inside joke, but anyway. Um, I really did. And there have been times when I've been watching the birds, and all of a sudden, oh, man, I got to, I got to go. I think our culture 
has created this mindset within us that we have to always be doing something. The Energizer Bunny. Remember that? Y'all remember that commercial with the Energizer Bunny? Never stopped. Those of us that love to follow sports, it's year-round now. Never stops. I'm going to make a bold statement. But hear the heart in which I'm saying it. you got small kids. I'm not saying don't let them play ball. My kids play ball. I'm not saying don't even let them be on a travel team. I think you have to manage that very well, though you got to be careful. You don't give some coach autonomy over your entire family. But anyway, but if all you're ever doing is running from one game to the next, to practice to the next, and it's all year long, you're out of balance. You need to rest. And there's nothing wrong with resting. Matter of fact, you need it. We have made it a priority in our lives. From the day we got saved, you know, we had some great mentors in our life, Penny's parents, um, you know, pastors and others that we, we had in our lives when we were baby Christians. And one thing that we saw in them, that Sundays was God's day. They gave it to God. And they'd worship, go to church, work, you know, work at church, meaning some of them were Sunday school teachers, and, you know, that's spiritual work, doing it. But then in the afternoon, we'd eat, and guess what everybody would do after they ate? Take a God-given nap. Woo! I've had people call me before and say, what, you were taking a nap? Like, I'm supposed to feel guilty about that. No, yes, I was taking a nap, and guess what? Don't you wish you could have had, oh, I wish I could be a pastor. <laughs> okay. Part of my sleep is because you are burdensome to me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just messing with you. So I've laid the foundation of rest. What does rest look like? It starts with Jesus. It's important. I think we laid the foundation of why we need to rest. Life is burdensome. We're not designed to carry the weight of a ship on our back. I understand there are times in life where things are, are super busy. There are moments and there are little seasons. And God gives us what we need during those times. I get that. But as a whole, you should be able to look at the last two or three years of your life. And you ought to be able to find those ebbs and flows of activity and rest. And I believe that's the key to long-term, long, to longevity in the ministry. I believe it's to longevity in, in marriage, in relationships, rest. It does us all good. And it's there for the taking. It's there. Jesus championed it for us. He paid the price so you and me 
can have rest. Now, ultimately, we'll get rest in heaven. But if we're going to be effective until God calls us home, we've got to balance it out. Never be ashamed of resting in Jesus. So let's stand together, everybody. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for Your Word, <clears throat> for the simplicity, but yet also the power, the profoundness of the simple. Thank You that Jesus taught us. He emulated that for us. He modeled it for us. What it means to rest. God, if nothing else today, may we unload those weary and heavy burdens that we're carrying around today. If nothing else, may we lay it before Your altar today. Recognize that it's something we don't have to carry alone. Because You are not a burdensome Savior. You free us to live for You. To live the life more abundantly and free. So with our heads bowed and our eyes closed for just a moment, this altar will be open for you to pray. Also, if you need peace in Jesus Christ ultimately, <laughs> you've never been saved, you can receive Him today as your Savior. Call upon Him right where you are. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He'll hear you. He'll hear your heart. Come forward in just a moment and let me know about that and we will help you and get you directed in the right way and prepare you for baptism. God's leading you to join our church. Many of you have been asking about that recently and we had the pastor's class a few months ago, I mean a month ago or so, a few weeks ago. Now's the time to go ahead and do that if you want to. Let God lead you and direct you. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. As our worship team leads us.